are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Wednesday show for you. We are going to talk about an update I have from Joey's season of The Bachelor. We're also going to talk about Big Brother last night. Some moves being made for sure. We're also going to give a spoiler out on Big Brother if you don't know what happened with Power of Veto. We are going to talk about Dance with the Stars from last night and an update on Special Forces. We'll get to all that momentarily. So let's begin by talking about Joey's season of The Bachelor, what I tweeted out yesterday. And that is that Rose Ceremony number 5 was last night. They were in Spain. You knew that for episode 5. And yesterday I got it confirmed that there are 12 women in Spain, which tracks with normally where they would be at for an episode number five. And they were in Marbella. I think that's where the hotel they were staying in was. I'm not familiar with Spain. Obviously, I'm just being relayed this information. But on Sunday, they were in Ronda, Spain. And they were in the plaza, by the way, pardon my non-accent. They were in the Plaza Duquesa de Parcent in front of the Iglesia de Santa Maria la Mayor. That was pretty good, right? Three years of Spanish in high school. I think Senora Colleague would be proud of me. By the way, remember I told you back at the end of July I had my 30-year high school reunion? Two teachers showed up, and one of them happened to be Senora Colleague, the woman who taught me the three years of Spanish. So, if she's listening, hola, me amo Steve, soy guapo. Anyway, so that's where we're at with the 12 women. Now, I don't know all 12 women. I am certain on about nine of them, maybe 10, but I don't know all of them yet. So I don't want to necessarily put it out there and we want to find out where they're going next and maybe stuff will get out when they travel next and then it'll be easier um, to kind of just go from there. But uh, this is very par for the course in terms of, like I said, when you're in episode five, it's usually 12 because they usually start travel on episode four and there's usually around 15 people left. And then they usually go from 15 down to 12. Well, there's 12 in Spain, so assuming they went to Malta with 15, three got eliminated in Malta. Now they're down to 12. How many were eliminated at last night's rose ceremony? It's usually either two or three. They either go down to 10 or they go down to nine. So nine or 10 will head to wherever they're going for episode six. And then that will go from 10 down, nine or 10, down to six or seven which is the episode before Hometowns, and we know six or seven go down to four. So we don't know the exact number yet. This will all play out. I understand that people want to know everything that's happening right when it's happening. I would rather get you confirmed things that are happening, not just a bunch of speculation and guessing. I don't do that. If I did that, I would have just said, well, I think these people are here, so let's throw it out there and see what happens. Let's just throw all shit against the wall and see what sticks. No, I leave that to the other people to do that. I give you the spoilers. So that's what we're going to go with. Like I said, I believe I'm confirmed definitely on nine or ten of them. There are two that are I'm I'm trying to figure out who they are. So just trust me on this. You'll have your answers soon. No worries. 
as for what I mentioned last week in regards to night one stuff, first impression rose, and what is the letter that Leah got at the after the final rose that she was going to open? Remember, I told you I was told who got the first impression rose and what Leah's letter said. However, when I started doing some digging and asking questions by the person that told me this, they didn't really seem to have a lot of answers or details. So that's why I'm like, I don't know if this is true or not. When they told it to me, I believed it to be true. But when I asked questions of, hey, wait a second. Well, can you explain this? I got a lot of vague kind of answers. So it's like now I question, are they sure is this second or third hand information, fourth hand information? Like, how exactly is this coming across? So that's why, again, I could throw out speculation and guessing and just put it out there, but immediately it turns into you said so and so got the first impression rose, and you said this is what Leah le- Leah's letter was. And I don't know for sure. So when I do know for sure, I will tell you. Put it this way. What I was told, I think it's it, but you know me, I'm just, I'm leery about putting information out there until I get it confirmed from either another source or, okay, yeah, that's it. That person can answer the questions that I pose to them about, okay, wait a second, let's go over this and... You know me, I've got literally a checklist of things. When I'm told information about this show, I now just run down a checklist. Well, you know what? I take that back. It all depends on who gives me the information. And I'll tell you right now, the person who came to me with the information about First Impression Rose and what Leah's letter said is someone that has never told me anything before. So clearly... We're talking about somebody that I have no rapport with. I have no idea what their agenda is. They could be telling me the right information, but when someone comes to me like that that has never given me information before, that's where I have to go down my checklist of, okay, here's this. Who are you? (laughs) How do you know this? Um, And just kind of run down a bunch of questions to them. And they weren't able to answer everything that I needed for me to fully run with it. Doesn't mean I'm calling them a liar. Because I think ultimately most people want to help. Very few times, even in information that I have gotten wrong in the past and I have presented as a spoiler that ended up being wrong, I don't think the person who told me deliberately did it. I think the person who told me generally believed that that was what the ending of the show was or that was the information that was right. And they were just passing it along to me. And it's my job to do a better vetting about it. And you know, you can go over the track record. Most of the time, I think I do a good job, um, especially in recent seasons when it comes to the ending of the show. I mean, I think it's been almost eight or nine seasons since I've been wrong about the ending. So I try and do a good job on that. Clearly, some things are going to pass through the cracks. Obviously, if I get like a contestant wrong in episode four that oh, I have them in episode four, but they actually got eliminated in episode three. Like, ultimately, am I going to lose sleep over that? No, I'm not. Clearly, the things I want to be wrong about or, you know, have a little bit of misinformation on, I hope is usually smaller things like that that are early on in the season. My biggest thing is I want to be right about the ending. Like, that's the biggest thing. It's what people come to me for. It's what 
the internet comes to me for because nobody else on the sh- on the internet is spoiling the show and giving you the winner of the show every season at some point, whether it's two weeks before the first episode airs, whether it's a few days after the final rose ceremony takes place, or whether it's midway through the season when it's airing. Nobody else posts the winner without any sort of certainty. I mean, there's obviously like, oh, I think it's this person. It's like, okay, well, if you know the final three, you have a 33% chance of being right. Or you know the final two, you have a 50% chance of being right. Hence, Zach's season. We all know what happened that season. So that's what I'm talking about. It's like the main things I want to get. Obviously, I want to nail final four, three, two, and one, and kind of what happens at the end, who gets engaged at the end. Clearly, there's probably going to be an engagement at the end of the season. There usually is. So I obviously want to get it right the first time around. But, um, yeah, if you miss a detail here or there or whatever, I don't I don't care too much about that. Other people do, but that's because their life revolves around me being wrong. So I don't put too much stock into it. Um, everything I have given you this season, which isn't much because nothing has really uh, gotten out. Daisy had a one-on-one date in episode, was it two or three? I already forgot what episode it was. She had a one-on-one back in Redondo Beach. Uh, We have the, uh, you know, I was able to spoil that they were going to uh, Malta for episode four. And we had the one-on-one date with Lexi in episode four in Malta. We had the video that came out of that. And then um, uh, Bachelor Sherlock on Instagram was able to spoil they were going to Spain. Um, I did not know uh, that before. Um Bachelor Sherlock had spoiled that, and I didn't know what what part, you know. But now I can tell you there, Marbella and Rhonda were two places. I think they're I think they're um, in Marbella, where they're like being at the hotel, and then around that area is where uh, the dates took place. So keep it right here. Hopefully, we'll get more information coming soon, and hopefully, I can uh, figure out who these uh, last two or three are that uh, were in Spain. This podcast brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to eat more balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. Want to build healthier eating habits this fall? They can help. Every Green Chef customer gets a free session with their registered dietitians who can walk you through how to make clean eating work for you. Sign up, start your journey towards better health today. Feel your best with nutritionist-proved recipes, including calorie-smart meals under 650 calories, protein-packed meals with at least 40 grams of protein on average per serving, and science-backed Mediterranean recipes, flavorful plant-rich vegan and vegetarian meals featuring certified organic whole fruits and vegetables, good for your grains, and plant-based proteins. For me, my biggest thing is I need to eat more protein. I've lacked protein in my diet, and... I have had a health check done to where I need to be eating almost 200 grams of protein a day. And it seems kind of impossible sometimes, but Green Chef certainly helps with it because they have menus that are just strictly protein-packed meals. So that's what I'm kind of focusing on right now. For you, go to greenchef.com slash 60realitysteve and use code 60realitysteve to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash 60realitysteve. That's the number 60. Use code 60realitysteve to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Okay, you knew it was coming. 
I have an honest question to ask all of you big brother watchers out there. And, and I'm, I'm speaking from the heart here. And I want you, if you're a Big Brother fan, if you've watched the show for years, you know I've only watched since season 21. If you've watched the show for years, I really want you to answer this question. Maybe in your own head, maybe you can even respond to me if you'd like and answer this question. Has Zingbot ever said anything remotely funny? Seriously. Anything remotely funny because we got Zingbot last night and ooh, what a trick they pulled on us. It was the Humilla stupid verse, stupid comic Humilla stupid verse that when Zingbot showed up in the house, it wasn't really Zingbot, but when they went outside, it was Otev playing the role of Zingbot because of the scary, stupid Humiliverse or whatever. Even though Oteb has the same exact voice as Zingbot. I, I, <laughs> I feel weird as an adult saying the words Oteb and Zingbot. It, it sounds like something I should have been talking about with my niece and nephew when they were five years old. I listened... I watched the whole episode. I listened to everything that Oteb said about the remaining nine people. I never snickered once. I never smiled once. I never went, ooh, burn. It's just not funny. You will never convince me ever that Zingbot is funny or Zingbot could be a writer f- on a Comedy Central roast, since that's what they're doing. They're roasting. It's like, really? That's roasting? <laughs> no, it's not, because roasting is usually funny as well as biting. <laughs> but they wrote a song about Corey set to, you know, God Bless America. Wasn't that? No, it wasn't. It was stupid. <laughs> Period. It wasn't a story. Dumb. It wasn't funny. Never is. Never will be. <laughs> if you want to send me clips of old Zingbox that you thought that he, he did a really funny line on somebody, have at it. Oh, wow. They called Jack boring. Oh, hilarious. Oh, oh yeah. Lamborghini. So, um, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> it was just not funny, per usual. And, um, I, I, I don't even know like what I, I know it's a staple of the show. I know this is what the show does and they're always going to have it once a year and, you know, they're going to make fun of the contestants. Okay. But I just don't think that there's anything that is like, I like humor where it's like you really like kind of do some research on it and you, you're able to pull something from uh, their past or their character or whatever and maybe compare it to something else. And it's just like the jokes that Zingbot tells are just so easy. There's nothing, they're, they're like simple jokes. They're almost like monologue jokes from late night TV where it's just like you know what the punchline is before they get to it, you know? 
And for almost all of those jokes last night, because Zingbot has these long, dramatic pauses, you could pretty much nail the punchline for all the jokes that they told or all the roasts that they told. And I don't know if it's, you know, a th- a nostalgia thing or it's just a, a, a cool thing to do or whatever the case may be. But when they all went outside or even no in the in the house, when they thought it was Zingbot up on the balcony in the house, I mean, just these people, I, I understand they're on Big Brother and I understand that they are waiting for this moment to finally meet Zingbot and get zinged by Zingbot. But the way these people overact about the excitement they have seeing a stupid robot, it's just, I don't even know how to describe it. They're literally screaming at the top of their lungs and jumping up and down. Oh, Zingbot! I, I, I'm sure producers tell them to do that and get them fired up because nobody's that excited about something that lame. Nobody. But hey, that's just me. And I have no plans on ever going on Big Brother. Now, for the Big Brother game itself, if you do not know what happened with Power of Veto, mute this now because we are going to talk about spoilers because I couldn't wait. So once the episode ended... And they left us hanging once again on if Jag was going to use power of veto. And if he did, who would Bowie Jane put up? The spoiler is, if you don't know by the live feeds or just reading the recaps of the live feeds, Jag did use the power of veto. He took Felicia down and Bowie Jane put Cameron up. And by all accounts, Cameron's going home this week, basically in a unanimous vote. And Cameron, on his way out the door for the last, I guess, couple days, has just been going scorched earth and telling the whole house, basically, hey, Jag and Matt are running this thing. You might want to go after them next. So that's going to be what you're going to see on Thursday is once Cameron goes up on the block, you're going to see him start. Basically, he sees the writing on the wall for himself, and he pretty much knows that he's gone. But he is now going to alert the house of Hey, everyone, Cam and Matt. I mean, sorry, did I say Cam and Matt before? Jag and Matt are running the show here, and you might want to go after them. So expect that come Thursday. I'm sure we will see some stuff on Thursday's episode that makes you think, oh, people are going to vote for Sari. But by everything that I've read, it is almost a Cameron knows that he's pretty much done. And just like um when he thought he was going out the first time when he was voted out the last time eight to zero or whatever it was the last time he was voted out he decided to you know cause some chaos and that's exactly what he's doing this time and matt and jag are in his crosshairs for sure all right let's talk a little bit of dancing with the stars here last night was motown week and the leaders on the leaderboard are pretty much who you'd expect Jason and Ariana uh, were the top scorers of the night. They got 34 out of 40 because they added a fourth judge last night, Michael Strahan, the most overused guy on television. Yes, I know a lot of people are fans of his. I just I don't get it. I never will. Don't try to explain it to me. I've seen him enough on TV to know. Like I just I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And don't be like, well, Steve, he's got this and he's got that. He's got. No, I don't get it. I trust me. I know. I've seen him enough on TV. I do not get it. Anyway, he was brought on as a fourth judge. Why? I have no idea. <laughs> but he was. 
And, you know, he he um, gave judgments on everything. He offered absolutely nothing in terms of dance. It was just everybody uh, basically was great in his mind. He gave everybody uh, good scores and pretty much went with the judges. And then on the other on the good dancers, he would give them usually one point higher uh, than the tougher judges. So uh, Jason and Ariana finished with 34 points. Charity and Sochi finished with 24. Uh, what am I talking about? Not 24. Um, 32. Uh, Charity and uh, Sochi got 32 and then um, everyone after that was a lot less. 27 points for Lele and Brandon. And then on the way down from there, Tyson Beckford is the one that was eliminated from the competition. But I think when you look at those top four, you know, look, Mira Servino, Barry Williams, Allison Hannigan, Harry Jousey, Mauricio Imansky, Adrian Peterson, and Tyson Beckford are not winning. We know this. Lele Pons, probably not winning either. But your winner is going to be Jason Ariana, Charity, or Sochi. It's just a matter of, I don't, you know, the fan votes and whatnot. Because they're, once you get towards the end, they're all going to get nines. They're all going to get tens. But uh, Charity has just as good a chance to win this thing as anybody else of those three. Um, I think personally, I just don't know if Sochi is a good enough, a big enough name. However, she's with Val. And don't forget, the fans are voting just as much for the pro dancers as they are for the celebrities. So Val is probably the most popular of those four pros in that group of four. Jason's with Daniela. Ariana is with Pasha. Charity's with Artem, who's very popular. And Sochi is with Val, who's probably the most popular of the four. So that could play into it. I just don't know if Sochi is going to be good enough to win not that she's not a good dancer she's a great dancer those four are all very very good you know it's like how do you even determine and look this there's nothing in this da- it's just it's subjective you know i'm sure i'm sure some of you think jason moran should win i'm sure some of you think ariana maddox should win i'm sure some of you think charity should win i'm sure some of you think so should win so it's purely subjective there's no right or wrong answer here I'm just trying to figure out where the audience is leaning. And when these four basically share the leaderboard and rotate who's leading at the end of any given week, every single week, it's just like it's very hard to tell. The judges know that's who is going to end up winning one of those four. And it's just a matter of, you know, how do we get there? But Charity was great last night. I thought Ariana was really good. Sochi's dance was great. And Jason Mraz did a uh, what a quick step that was very, very fun and upbeat and that's why he got uh, a 34 he got nines from carrie ann and michael just like ariana got nines from carrie ann and michael whereas Derek and bruno gave them eights so and then charity got eights across the board it's going down to those four we'll see what happens when we get uh, closer to the end but you'll see where the judges are leaning when they do kind of like the group dance thing and whatnot it'll be interesting to see how uh, this all plays out just let me know when Taylor Swift week is because I cannot wait. And finally, one note from yesterday's podcast. Remember I said when I was talking about special forces, I was like, I don't understand Brian Austin Green and Robert Ory and Savannah Chrisley just flat out quitting when it doesn't seem like they quit because their body gave out. It just seemed like they quit because they were in an uncomfortable environment and didn't want to be there anymore and weren't sleeping in a comfortable bed and it was cold and all that. Like, I get it. We all knew that going out there, that what it was going to be like. But I was told yesterday, someone informed me that on Savannah Chrisley's podcast yesterday, 
she said that Robert Ory's dad died on his way out to filming. So that makes sense. So he's excused. Brian Austin Green, Savannah Chrisley, eh, wouldn't say they're as excused as uh, as Robert Ory. So, I, and the thing is, I wish they would have just said that. Why wouldn't they just bring that up on the show? You know, it almost makes him look a little bad because he just quit out of really nowhere. He didn't get a lot of screen time in the first two episodes. And then in the third episode, he mentioned something about when he throws up, his throat hurts for four days, and and, so, and he, he wanted to wear gloves because his fingers hurt. It's like, okay. And then he goes outside, and he says, I want to leave. And he never mentioned, there's no mention anywhere. He did talk about his father in the first two episodes, and the little that we did see of him, he did mention his father has dementia, and he was always worried about leaving him. But why not just say, you found out your dad died? Like, I think that would be way more about his story than what they showed us. But apparently that's what happened. So Brian Austin Green, Savannah Chrisley, you know, not that they have to answer to me or anything, but I, I kind of question why they just left other than they didn't want to be there anymore. And look, I, it's very understandable that these people get paid to do this show. They're not going out there for free, but this is not a tiered system like Dance with the Stars. You don't get more pay the longer you last on that show. Everybody negotiates whatever contract they did. I'm guessing most of the people that went on that show roughly got paid all the same amount. And I don't know what that amount is, but this isn't a you last longer, you make more money. That's not the way this show works. It's just you're getting paid to be out there for your time. So to me, Brian Austin Green and Savannah Chrisley leaving the way they did, it's just like I got my money, I'm out. That So I don't understand what the point is was going – well, I understand. They went out there for the money, but it kind of defeats the purpose of that show. You want to test yourself, and you want to go to your limit to see how far you can push yourself. And I just don't believe that Brian Austin Green couldn't have competed in any more tasks, and he was just done and couldn't, you know, he took his money and ran. And same, I would say, with, you know, Savannah, a little bit different, but... um, I, I maybe I'd have a little more grace for her because of the position she was put in. But again, she was not kidnapped to go on that show. She knew when she went on that show, she was leaving her new 10, her 10 year old um, sibling and her 17 year old sibling that she is now in charge of. And so I, 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 it's just, it's, it's just tough. Someone like someone like Tara Reed, like I have no problem with her going out because watching her, in the first two episodes, we knew she was not physically able to last out there. So, yeah, she went on the show for money. She didn't prove anything to me that, oh, she's tougher than I thought. I just it, it's like she wasn't it's like she wasn't even really there, even though she got to compete. Maybe she pushed herself a little bit and but whatever. You have to have some strength. You have to be able to do a push up or a pull up if you want to have any chance of lasting out there. And she couldn't. And she even admitted she couldn't. So it's like, well, what was she cast for then? It's like, and personally, I think she was specifically cast because they wanted someone to go home early and quit. And she did. So, but yeah, heard that about Robert Ory yesterday. So thank you to the person who let me know about uh, Savannah saying that on her podcast. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review. My Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. Going to talk a lot of baseball. How about those Texas Rangers, people? Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.